Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. So we're in a series called Supporting Casting. We're going to dive right in to our story today because I think this story is so rich and meaningful and powerful that even just sitting in the story. So I invite you, if you would, turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at a couple of characters. I'm cheating a little bit. Like we're, we're going to look at more than one character today. Um, but today we're going to look at the story of Jairus and the woman who along the way met with Jesus. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, um, please grab your phone and pull out a Bible app. Um, and we, I'd love to have you following because we're not going to put the, the words on the screen. Um, we're going to just, we're going to really live in this story. So I invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 5. And so I'm going to begin reading at verse 21. And so Jesus, he's been traveling around. He's been making a bit of a name for himself. And lots of things have started to happen. And so we're going to pick up the story right here in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So I want you to picture this. Here's a father. He's seeking Jesus. He, he's looking for Jesus. He knows, like, this is my last resort. So like, picture it, like his little daughter. She's about 12 years old. We don't see that in, in this particular text, but in Luke's version of this account, it was like we find out she's 12 years old. And, and he's like, okay, she's dying. I don't know what else to do. I'm going to go find this Jesus guy. Like, I don't know where else to turn. I don't know where else to go. And so I'm going to go to find him. Maybe he's the guy that they're talking about. And so he comes. And he's looking for Jesus, and he finally finds him. He's at the lake. He's just crossed over by boat, and it's like, people are all there. Jesus, help my little daughter. Now, now notice, he falls on his knees. Like, he comes pleading, Jesus, help her. Now, Jairus, he's a synagogue leader. And that's important because this guy is one of prominence, of standing. Here he is on his knees. This guy of standing on his knees, coming, pleading with Jesus, please help my little daughter. This daughter, being 12 years old, is right about the time where she's going to start looking to get married. Like that's kind of what happens in the teenage years back then. And, and he's getting to the point where it's like, I've done my duty as a father. But here, that's being threatened. She's dying. So Jairus, it's like, where do I turn? Who else can I go to? He comes to Jesus. Have you had these moments, just like Jairus, where it's like, I don't know what else to do? When all hope seems lost? Where do we turn? What do we do? Where do we seek help from Jairus is in one of those moments. He's like, I need to find some way to help my daughter. 
This is a dad who loves his daughter who's trying to find some way to help her. Pick up the story again. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. I mean, imagine that for a moment. Just one little verse here. What that would have felt like. Yes, I'll go with you. Okay, let's go. You know, and like, come on, we got to hurry. We don't know how much time we've got left. And so Jairus is leading him back to his house. Jesus is going with him. What good news in, in a bright moment. Jesus is going to come. Maybe he can do something. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. The repetition of 12. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. So this woman, Jairus is leading Jesus and this crowd's following. This woman is there too. And she's been bleeding for 12 years. She's probably menstrually bleeding. Like there's this perpetual kind of issue going on. She's gone to all the doctors she could. She sought all the help that she could. And nobody can help her. She spent all of her money. So not only is this challenge physically for her, now she's facing poverty. Like she spent all of her money trying to get better and she won't and she's getting worse. And she's don't, she doesn't have anything left. She's in poverty. One of the other things you need to know is that she is socially ostracized. In the Old Testament, the Bible describes how we as, as God's followers, as, as the people of God, are meant to operate life a particular way. And in the book of Leviticus, one book we read all the time, right? Like, <laughs> go to Leviticus. No. In the book of Leviticus, it describes how we're to keep ourselves pure. We're to do the right moral kinds of things, keep ourselves holy. But then we're also to keep ourselves pure. And there's nothing wrong with purity versus impurity, just so you know that. But a woman, when she's on her menstrual cycle, is technically impure. And so what she's supposed to do is just separate herself for a little while. And then once, once her cycle's over, she takes a bath, gets herself cleaned up, and then she's able to enter back in. And it's just the process of being pure. It's not wrong or right. There's nothing wrong with it. But there is a measure of like, okay, I have to step out for a moment. But this woman, 12 years constantly being on the outside. She can't participate in the life of worship. She can't come to the temple. She can't do the things that everyone else is able to do. She is ostracized. And one of the other things that you got to know is that when someone is in an impure state, if you touch that person, if you come in contact with them, you're now in an impure state. And you've got to kind of clean yourself up too. She's not allowed to be in contact with people. She's not allowed to be around people. Like she, she could contaminate them. And, and over time, as, as these things are kind of like permeated into the culture, they get to the place where they think there's wrong that's here. And they're like, oh, don't be near me. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. And, and there's that social outcast status that emerges. 
That's this woman. She's got a physical issue that cannot be healed. She has spent all of her money, so now she's facing poverty. And now she is socially ostracized because of it. She is at her end. All hope seems lost for her too. And so what can she do? Where can she turn? Maybe this Jesus. I'm hearing about him. Maybe he can do something. And so she goes. And she's in the crowd. And she's coming in contact with people, which is against the rules. But there she is. She's in there and she's like, if I could just touch his cloak, maybe I'll be healed. If I can just come in contact with him, maybe I'll be healed. So what does she do? She reaches out and touches his cloak. She gets close enough. She gets in contact. She's like, I can touch him. She comes into contact with Jesus. What happens? Verse 29. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Instantly, immediately, she felt it. She felt the change. Something happened. She touches him, and it's different. It's different. All hope was not lost for her. She comes in contact with Jesus. She touches his cloak, and instantly, she's healed. Now, I don't think there was anything magical about Jesus' cloak. I don't think there was anything special. It was just, I think, that God saw her. And honored what she was doing. And so she's healed. But that's not the end of the story. Verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? Verse 31. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing that it, what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the truth. Now imagine what's happening here. She touches, like, there's, there's healing, like all of a sudden she stops and she's like, whoa, what just happened? And then Jesus turns around. Who touched me? I'm not supposed to touch people. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be in a crowd of people. Oh no, I'm going to be found out. Imagine the panic that happens in the middle of this elation. Like she's, she's like, I've just been healed, but yet he's looking for me. And there's all these people and, and the disciples are like, oh, there's so many people. Like, why are you asking? No, no, no. I know someone touched me. I know what just happened. And she's realizing, I can't hide. I've been healed, but maybe I've done something wrong. So she's trembling. She's afraid. She comes forward and falls at his knees. Falls on her knees in front of him and tells him the truth. 
It was me. I touched you. But you healed me. I've been bleeding for, for a really long time. And I had no solutions. There's nobody who could help me. But then I touched your cloak and I've been healed. She gets it all out there. How does Jesus respond? What's going to be the next thing that he says? Verse 34. He said to her, Daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Daughter. This woman likely wasn't young. If she's been bleeding for 12 years and, and kind of the situation that we get in a little bit more detail we get in like Luke's account, she's probably the same age as Jesus, maybe even older. But he looks at her and he says, daughter. Not, you shouldn't have touched me. How dare you? You need to stay away from me. No. Daughter. Jesus extends that relationship, makes that connection, and invites her in with this intimate, affectionate word, daughter. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Your act of trust, coming to find me, pushing through this crowd, and even just reaching out and touching my cloak, that act of faith and trust has healed you. The Lord has honored that. He has given you what you've been looking for. Go in peace. Be whole. Go in peace. All is well. Be freed from your suffering. Daughter, you are well. She hasn't heard language like this in years. She's felt alone, isolated. She hasn't been a part of the community. For someone to say, daughter, You are well. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be well. And notice the word daughter fits in the story as well. Because we're in a story about a father and a daughter. She has just now experienced healing. Jesus says, daughter, I heal you. What about this other daughter? Verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jairus comes to find Jesus. All hope seems maybe lost except this one little bit. And he's, Jesus, come with me. Sure, I'll come with you. And they're journeying and there's a crowd and Jesus stops. He stops. Why would he stop? Like my daughter, she's dying. There's not much time left. And he stops. And there's the story of this woman. She tells what she did. She's healed. But then we find out at the expense of my daughter. Jesus stops to help this person and ends up not helping me. This daughter is fine. My daughter is not. 
all hope is now lost. Jairus is in this moment of he stops. Why did he stop? And then the worst. She's dead. She's dead. There's no more to be done. Why even bother Jesus anymore? Not the end of the story. Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Just trust. Have faith. Because what do we just see happen? Your faith has healed you, daughter. Your faith has healed you. Jairus, believe. What faith can do, you just witnessed. Don't be afraid. Don't succumb to despair. Don't rest in all hope is lost. Belief. Verse 37. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. See, what's happening here is that when someone dies, the community comes around and, and has this public mourning. They're already doing that. She's dead. They've given up. They're like, okay, we, we now we're going to bury her. We're now going to do the funeral kinds of stuff. They are there to fulfill their duty as the community. And they're crying and lamenting on behalf of the family. Jesus said, no, 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 no. None of this. She's just asleep. Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> she's been sick for a long time. And we've all seen, she's not alive anymore. She's dead. She, she's, she's here. She's not moving. She's not breathing. Like, life is gone. Life is gone. What do you mean? After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand. He's touching her. Again, remember, impurity versus purity. Dead bodies count as impure. He's touching her. And he said to her, Talith kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. And at this, they were completely astonished. He gave them strict orders not to let anyone know about this, but told them to give her something to eat. He says, get up. And she does. Get up, little girl. Get up, daughter. And she does. And he says, give her something to eat. She's just like she was. They're astonished. They're amazed. Jesus has brought her back from the dead. This story occurs in a section, both in Mark and in Luke, where Jesus is demonstrating who he is. He's come in and says, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the Messiah. Like, I'm, I'm the one you've been waiting for. But you're not all going to believe it. But let me show you. 
and he stills a storm. He says, I have power over nature. He heals a man who's oppressed by the demonic. He has power over the supernatural. He comes in and says, now I have power over disease. This woman has been healed. I even have power over death. I just raised this girl from the dead. Jesus is demonstrating who he is. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And he is the one who is to come, not simply just to reveal this, but to show that he does have true power over death. That means he has to deal with the sin problem. And in a few years, he's going to go to a cross. And he's going to say, my life with all this power, is laid down for you. I will pay the penalty. I will step into your place. I will take care of the sin problem. So now that the death problem, the disease problem, the disaster problem, the demonic problem are all dealt with. So trust me. In this story, faith Faith is the model. Faith is the example. Faith is the thing that is held up to say, this is how you respond. Jesus comes in and says, this is what I have power over. And I reach out to you, daughter, son. I want to bring you healing. I want to meet you right where you are. I want to show you that I have power over death. Trust me. When all hope seems lost, whenever we face these moments where we're just like, I don't know where to turn, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, like all hope seems lost, Jesus gives us hope in the middle of that hopelessness. He gives us hope because he has power over all of these things. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. And he is Lord. And what we learn from this story that we're to have faith. We're to trust him. We're to turn to him. Just like Jairus did. Just like this woman did. These characters show us that faith in the midst of hopelessness is what we're to have. So when all hope seems lost, Jesus gives us hope in that hopelessness. We're to respond with faith. We are to trust him. But let me call it that for you just a little bit. We're to have faith. We're to trust. We're to have faith with humility. Notice both Jairus and the woman, they fall to their knees. In seeking out Jesus, they fall to their knees. Jairus, who's a man of standing, he's a synagogue leader. He's a prominent person. Like He's the one who should be standing up and everybody's looking up to him. That's who he is. And he falls on his knees. The woman, she's been hidden. She's trying to remain uh, away from people and she just doesn't want to be seen. And what does she do when she's found out? She comes to her knees. And Jesus honors them both. Have faith. Trust. With humility. With humility. We're to have faith with perseverance. These moments are going to come where it's like, okay, I don't know where else to turn. I don't know how this is going to go. 
or to persevere. This woman has been dealing with this issue for 12 years. 12 years. Yet, she still went after Jesus. She could have given up. She could have said, like, that's it. I, I, I can't do anymore. I'm just, I'm done. Jairus. Nobody can heal my daughter. Nothing's changing. She's on the brink of death. What can I do? I'm going to go find Jesus. I mean, he could have stayed there and just been with her in her last moments, but no, he, I'm going to go find a solution because I think there's something here. Perseverance. When all hope seems lost, when we feel this hopelessness, persevere with faith. Turn to Jesus, trust him, and go with him. There might be these moments where he seems to stop. Why are you stopping? Don't stop. We have to go. We have to go. Don't be afraid. Just believe. This is Jesus' words to Jairus when he thinks it is all over and done. Let your faith persevere. We're to have faith. Faith with humility and faith with perseverance. In these moments, when all hope seems lost, what's our natural tendency? It's often times to try to control the situation. We want to do things on our own strength. We want to say, like, I've got this. What we need to do is submit. To have faith, to, to come out of humility seeking Jesus. But we're to persevere in that. Because sometimes when we maybe want to control, there are other times when maybe we just give up. It feels overwhelming. There is no hope. We don't know where to turn. We come to Jesus. He is the one who has power over everything. And he wants to bring care. He wants to bring compassion. He wants to bring healing and wholeness. This is what Jesus wants to offer. Now, there are going to be some situations where we feel like, okay, yeah, 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 give me, give me healing. Give me what I'm looking for. And Jesus doesn't give us what we want. But he gives us what we need. He gives us the healing that we need when we trust him. He does what's best for us. Because that woman, she was just looking for healing, but Jesus knew he need, she needed more. He didn't just kind of let her fade off and just, oh, I'm, I'm healed and like, okay, that's it, I'm done. No, 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 he found her. He, he called out to her. She emerged because he knew she needed more. She needed to be restored socially. She needed to make herself known in front of people again. She didn't want to do that. She wanted to stay hidden. She wanted to stay in the background. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You need something else. You need to be seen. You need to be acknowledged. You need to hear me say, daughter. This is what Jesus does. He gives us what we need. So church family, what are these moments for you? I imagine you thought of a, a situation, maybe thought of a story, a moment in your life where you just remember like, I felt hopeless. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. There is no situation that Jesus cannot overcome. 
that he cannot bring healing and wholeness. When we operate with faith, when we bring humility and perseverance with it, Jesus meets us in that. And he says, I bring you hope. When all hope seems lost, Jesus brings us hope. This is the good news of this story. This is the good news for us.